Ian, good morning. Yaram, good morning. Locksport, good morning. If you're tuning in a line from home or wherever you are, great to have you with us this morning. SBC Kids is back, which is fantastic. Uh, so if you are a kid and you've snuck in, well done. Congratulations. But if you'd like to go and join SBC Kids, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, it's fantastic. Hey, we're in uh, week three of a series called Hearing God. Uh, and I'm going to read from Romans 10 in a, in a moment's time. Uh, so if you want to get there, feel free. Um, but we've been doing this series for the last two weeks. This is our third week. Uh, and we, at the same time, have started a, a connect group all-in series uh, on hearing God. And we had our first session last week on Tuesday, and it was fantastic. And if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I missed that, don't fret. You can still join in. Come any of the Tuesday nights here at the church at 7 o'clock or join us on Zoom. So we've got groups happening on Zoom that are sort of watching the room and being part of the, um, the night as well. So 7 o'clock Tuesday night, you can find the event in your church center app. All the details are there. The Zoom details are there. Um, 7 o'clock, all you need to do is turn up. You don't need to be in a connect group already. You don't need to sign up. You don't need to know anything. You don't need to know anyone. You can just come along. Same with Zoom. Just, just tune on in, uh, and it's very great to do. Uh, I'm sure Pastor Lauren will spruik it again in a moment's time. But All right, have you got Romans 10? No. All right, I'll give you a few more minutes. What else could I talk about? You're just going to watch it on the screen, aren't you? He's like, why are you even telling me, Brad? I trust James. He's got it. You've got it under control, don't you, James? You've got it for everybody. All right, let's go then. Romans 10. We're going to read from verses 9 to 17. Um, and this might seem like a strange passage to read about hearing God, but anyway, bear with me. Let's, let's see if you can, um, if you can uh, catch what I'm trying to, what my mind's been thinking about. It says this in verse 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. One believes in the heart, resulting in righteousness, and one confesses with the mouth, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame, since there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, because the same Lord of all richly blesses all who call on him. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on him? Um, how then can they call on him they have not believed in? How can they believe without hearing about him? How can they hear without a preacher? How can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all obey the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from what is heard. And what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Lord God, we thank you for your word this morning. And we thank you that, uh, that you've given it, given it to us for us to, to be able to read uh, we thank you for your Holy Spirit who's here with us this morning, who's helping us to interpret and understand what it is that you've written for us. And God, we pray that you would help us to clearly hear your voice this morning and uh, that you would help us to obey as well what we hear. 
God, we lift up Yarram and Lock Sport uh, to you this morning as they meet and gather. We lift up our, our kids and our crèche as well, God, as they meet and gather, Lord. And we just pray that you would help us as a church be unified around, uh, around Jesus, around the gospel, around this good news. And that you would use us all for your glory and your kingdom's purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Who loves to eat? I'm guessing most of us. Some of us more than others, perhaps. Um, I love to eat. And I don't know which part of the process of eating do you like the most? What if you have, all of it? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's the, the initial process of, of choosing the food in which you can consume. That's a pretty good process, if there's good options. The putting in your mouth that bite and chewing and the taste, that's a pretty good process. And then the swallowing then the rest of the thing is like, I don't know if anyone enjoys that process, the digestive process and the excreting process. <laughs> but you know, you need the whole, I've been thinking about this idea this week, and I, I hope you follow along with me. You need the whole process to be able to eat again, right? If you just did one part of that process, just choosing the food, ha, huh, I'm going to eat that, and walked away, and just that was the only part of the process you did, just the choosing, what would happen? You'd starve eventually. Or if you just put it in your mouth and just chewed it and tasted it and then just spat it out, didn't, didn't do the swallowing part, again, it wouldn't really work. Or if you just tried to do the swallowing part without chewing it first, again, one chance. And, I mean, digestively, I don't think you could do that without anything in there. Um, I've been thinking about this idea of hearing God and how I think sometimes we don't hear God because it's part of a larger process. It's not just one thing that we just go, I'm just going to hear God, but it's actually a little bit like our digestive system that needs a whole lot of things for it to continually happen. And if you just try to hear God without the rest of the parts happening, then you'll, you'll miss out and you'll probably do it once and get frustrated and go, oh, I can't hear God anymore. Um, and so the process that I've been thinking about this week, and, and I hope you follow along with me, is, is these four things. Confess, hear, faith, repeat. Confess, hear, faith, repeat. I mean, it's, it's not really a cohesive sentence um, or anyway, but let's, let's follow along and see what we can see here. Because I think Paul in Romans is unpacking, I mean, in Romans 10 and Romans 9 especially, there's so much that's going on and we don't have time to to fully unpack it all. But there's a basic principle that is sort of giving us here, that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, the, the gospel you're talking about, and hearing comes by some sort of confession, either from yourself or from somebody else. You know? And that's why he's talking about it's important that people are sent and that there's preachers or there's messengers, there's people that are proclaiming the gospel. Because if someone isn't proclaiming the gospel, remember they didn't have the gospel written down like we do, so someone had to go and proclaim it. Someone had to confess it. And without that confession, no one could hear it. And if no one could hear it, no one could have the faith to then go and confess it to somebody else. Hear, faith, repeat. You see the cycle that is sort of happening here in this scripture. And so the faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by some sort of confession. And then the ear hears what the mouth speaks. And this causes or promotes, if you like, faith which is obedience to the gospel. Faith is not just a feeling, but it's an action. Faith is 
uh, obedience, confessing the gospel again, if you like. So I want to look at these four ideas, confession, hearing, faith, repeating, and maybe a little bit how we might grow in our ability to hear God, if you like, grow our appetite to be able to hear God better through these ideas. So confess. This one is firstly to yourself and to another. To, your, to yourself and to another. What do you tell yourself the most? What is it that you're consuming in your life? What is it that your mind is fixated on a lot of the time? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth that your ears are hearing? I don't know if you've noticed this, but every time you speak, you hear yourself. Um, it's, it's pretty rare that you can speak unless you've got some sort of headphones on. And Anyway, that's just the way God has wired us, that we hear ourselves speak. And that's a good thing if we're confessing the right sorts of things. But what is the, the content of your life? Because one feeds the other. What music are you listening to? What podcast? What shows? What books? What is the loudest voice in your life? What is your heart and mind hearing the most? Because I think this is, a, this is a really basic idea, but maybe one that we sometimes just go, yeah, I've heard that, but I'm going to forget about that. I think this basic idea of why a lot of us don't hear God as regularly as, or as plainly or as clearly as we would like is because it's a little bit hard, it's a little bit foreign to us. It's like that relative you see once every few years and you go, is that them? Is that what they look like? Oh, I don't really remember. Is that what they sound like? What do they do again? What's their name again? Who are they related to? Why are they here? All those sorts of questions. You know, it's, God can become a little bit like that, a little bit foreign to us because it's not the voice that's on repeat. It's not the, the words that we're confessing all the time. Philippians 4 tells us the importance of what our mind is fixated on, that it's, uh, it's important to, to think about what is good, what is pure, what is holy. You can read that in Philippians 4. And all those things relating to Jesus and the gospel, they are all the things that Philippians 4 is telling us about. Proverbs tells us the importance of what comes out of our mouths. In Proverbs 18, verses 20 to 21, it says this, from the fruit of a person's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. So even Proverbs is using the same sort of analogy here. He is filled with the product of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So you are what you think and what you say. Your confession to yourself, both in terms of your thoughts and in terms of your words, help you to recognize the voice of God. Help you to hear God's voice and then help you to uh, have faith and repeat you are what you think and say. So Romans 10 verse 8, the, the verse before the passage that we just read, says, on the contrary, what does it say? The message is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart. This is the message of faith that we proclaim. It's, it's both in your mouth and in your heart. It's not just one or the other. Your confession will drive your life. And this is the first step, I think, in hearing God, is aligning your confession with His. Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. So what is it that we're confessing to ourselves? And then secondly, what is it you're confessing to one another? What are the words that people hear that come out of your mouth? What's the confession of your life? 
Ephesians 4, verse 29 says, No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. So not only do we need to confess to ourselves the truth of God's word, but also to each other. Words that build up, words that bind up, that are life-giving, these are words that we have to give to each other, to help each other hear God. I can't hear God as well as I should without your confession. You can't hear God as well as you should without my confession. And you can't hear God as well as you should without each other's confession. So just turn to the person next to you and say, I need your confession. I need your confession. Good, I just want to make sure you're listening. Well done. It's a very Pentecostal thing to do, isn't it? Turn to your neighbor. We need each other. So when's the last time you reminded someone of the goodness of God, the love of God, the grace of God, the purpose of God? Romans 10, the passage we read, how can we call on him if they haven't believed in him? How can they believe without hearing? How can they hear without a preacher? And that word preacher is not really preacher in this set of sense. Messenger. We're all preachers. We all have a message. How can they give the message unless they are sent? As is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Help someone hear God. You can help someone hear God just through your confession of what you've already known in Scripture. You don't need to hear some sort of profound insight. You can say, do you know, remember God says this, that you're loved? Remember God says that you're His handiwork? Remember God says that you have a purpose in Him? That you're loved and you have grace? You can just remind each other of that and people can hear God through your words, through your confession. So the first confession. The next, next one is here. And it's tied very closely to the confession because it's, it's a process. Here, through the, word, um, through the word of your own lips and your own lips. That doesn't make sense, does it? How do I, what have I got there? Here we go. Through the word and your own lips. Yeah, that's what I wrote too, James. I'm sorry. That's a typo. Through the word of your own lips and through the words of others. So it's one thing to confess. It's another to hear. It's one thing to confess, but it's another thing to hear. And we take time to hear by, um, by understanding and giving attention. By understanding and giving attention. You can hear something a million times and not understand it. I mean, kids are fantastic at this, aren't they? Just like, I mean, I'm sorry to my parents, but I'm sure they just were on repeat the whole time just like, Put your shoes on, put your shoes on, put your shoes on, put your shoes on, put your shoes on. I didn't hear you. Put your shoes on, put your shoes on. You can hear something a million times and not understand it. Choose not to hear it. You can hear something so many times and just not give attention to it. Never give weight to the words. You can hear a message like today's and think, yeah, I've heard that before, and just not hear it. It just goes in ear, one out, in, in one ear, out the other. Let's go have lunch. Let's have a good day. Interesting thought, Brad, but I've forgotten it. I didn't take time to give attention to what God might be speaking to me about. It takes energy, it takes effort, it takes attention to hear. Has it taken root and produced fruit in your life? You know, I was going to use this, the parable in Matthew 13, the parable of the soils, because I think that's a great parable on hearing God as well and the importance of giving attention and weight to God's words. That it needs to take root in our life. It needs to penetrate to the deepest parts of us. 
so that it can produce fruit in us. For some of us, and for a lot of times, the, the word can come and it can just be quickly snatched up or it can be choked out by other voices. Go read Matthew 13 if you want some extra reading this week of the importance of hearing God's word. Everyone hears to some extent, but the words pass over us all uh, so often. The hearing step is as important as the confession step. Listen to understand. Listen to embrace truth. Listen as though life depends on it. When's the last time you heard the confession of the gospel? From yourself? From somebody else? When's the last time you gave attention to the word of God? You know, you can read the word of God. You can read it every day and never give it attention. It's just like, I'm a good Christian because I read the Bible today. Or you can just read one verse or one idea and give it your full attention. When's the last time you gave attention to someone who was telling you something from God's perspective? And then the next step in the process, in the digestive process of hearing God, is this idea of faith. Faith, with what you hear, obey, both in identity and in action. Identity and in action. I think sometimes we just want to hear God for what to do, not rather than who to be. So often God's word for our life is who you are, not what to do. From your identity comes your action, comes your life, comes your fruit. Who you are. What would a son or daughter of God do in this situation, in that situation? Maybe you're facing a situation in life right now and you're thinking, I, don't, I just want God to tell me what to do. Maybe this is the question you need to ask. What would a son or a daughter of God do in this situation? What would a son or daughter of God do in this situation with my kids, in my workplace, in my school, amongst my friends? What would a son or daughter of God do? What would they say? If you confess and hear about your right standing before God, that you are a daughter or a son of the king, you can live like it. Obedience starts with as much as who you are as to what you know. There's another great story you could go and read and, um, and understand this truth in, I think it's in Exodus, I didn't write it down, Exodus 3, I think it is, Moses, the burning bush. And you know, there's a burning bush and Moses sees it, strange sight, goes over. God's calling Moses. And what's he calling Moses to do? Go and free the Israelites, yeah, from Pharaoh. That's right. Got that story right? You understand the one? And what does Moses say when God says, I want you to go and do this, 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 and this? What does Moses say? What's the first thing he says? He says, who am I? Who am I? He had forgotten. He had misunderstood. He had misidentified himself. And he'd forgotten that he was called by God. He was chosen by God. And his identity, when God reminded him, well, it's not really important who you are. It's important who I am. And who Anyway, there's a whole message in that of who God is identifies who we are because he creates us. Our our identity drives our action, drives our faith. And we know who we are when we hear, when we confess God's word over our life. You see, when you confess and hear this idea of being a messenger for the good news, you can quickly think, who am I? Well, you're someone who's loved. You're someone who's known. You're someone who's placed in the family of God and your power and your authority, your ability to bring about kingdom change doesn't come from something you've done but simply of who and whose you are. 
And then the second question you might ask yourself is, what have I heard that I'm not doing yet? What have I heard that I'm not doing yet? What is the first step in doing this? So we have a next steps um, card or is there a link still in the QR code for next steps? Yeah, you can click that. And and we've talked about next steps plenty of times before. And for me, this is a really simple framework for you to think what is... What is God calling me to do? What, what, is the, what is the word from God for my life? Because there are, I think, in Scripture, you can basically boil the whole Scripture down to three ideas that God is calling us towards. Firstly is this love and affection towards Him, our, our connection with God, if you like. The second is our love and service towards other Christians, to the family of God. And third is the greater mission to the world of bringing about the good news, bringing about gospel change, of kingdom change to the rest of the world. And the next steps that we've talked about are basically those three ideas. What is your next step towards God, towards the church, towards each other, and towards the mission, towards the world? And you could think of just one idea, one of those three things, and say, what is there something I know around these ideas that I'm not currently doing? What is there something I know that I should be doing that I'm not currently doing? Maybe in your relationship with God, maybe your relationship with other Christians, maybe in your relationship in terms of the world and, and the mission in it. What is something I know that I'm not currently doing? I reckon probably 99% of us would have something that comes to mind and goes, yeah, I know. I know something that I should do that I'm probably not doing as like I should. And this is the, the idea of this process. I think if you would just say, okay, I've heard God already, rather than just hearing more, rather than just being like this person who just is stuffing their mouth full of food without ever chewing on it and digesting it, let's just chew what we've already got and digest what we've already got and put that into action first. And then as we do that, we'll grow our appetite to hear God more and more. What is one step of faith in one of these areas? What do you know that you need to do that you aren't currently doing? Or maybe what is it that you need to stop doing that you know you're currently doing? could be either one of those things. And then the final idea is this idea of repeat. Growing as you go. Growing as you go. This idea that we need to um, keep this cycle going. We don't stop on one step and become constipated or starving or you know, um, have no ability to, to talk, but we keep this process going. And this is actually a discipleship journey. Hearing God is just a part of this discipleship journey. What is God saying? What do I hear? What will I do about it? What's my faith step? And who will I tell? What is the confession? And I'll just cycle through those things. I've said it um, a few times before, but we're all called to be disciple makers. We're all called to be disciples. And if you thought, I don't know how to make disciples. I don't know what it means to disciple someone. This is it. This is it. What is God saying? What will you do about it? What is God saying? What will you do about it? Who will you tell? These ideas, if you would just ask yourself this question, you could disciple yourself pretty well. If you would ask somebody else these questions, you could disciple them pretty well. 
the discipleship journey is this idea of hearing God, putting that into action, and telling others about it, doing it again and again. As I was thinking about this, um, I just kept coming back to this idea of, um, in 1 Corinthians 3, I want to read these verses. It says, For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as the people, uh, as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you were not yet ready for it. In fact, you were still not ready, because you are still worldly. But since there is envy and strife among you, you are not are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? I think sometimes in our Western consumeristic type culture, there is a desire in us Christians just to want more, to consume more, to hear another great message, to hear another great thing. But what I was really challenged about this week is that rather than hearing God more, I think probably what we need to learn to do is to trust God more, to put more legs on what we already know. Uh, and I've heard it said um, plenty of times before that you don't need another message. If you, if you never heard another sermon in your life, you'd probably be fine. You know enough. You know enough of God's word. You know enough of, um, of what it means to follow Christ. And if you would just concentrate on putting those things into action, you would see yourself grow spiritually. And this is why one of our values is growing as we go. Ready as we are, growing as we go. Because it's in this process of putting faith into action that we grow. We don't grow by just sitting and consuming. We grow by going and doing. We grow, we grow as we are on the road, as we are a part of God's mission. So we don't need more teaching. I don't think many of us really do. We need more faith. We need the hearing and doing kind of faith. We already know enough that we're probably not fully obeying. And this is what we should be giving our attention to and our prayers to. God, help me to proclaim the message like I should. Help me to love people like I should. Help me to listen and care for people like I should. Help me to worship you like I should. Help me to be generous like I should. So I want you to think about this idea of what is it that there's something that you already know? Because I really believe that God wants to speak to us this morning about something we already know. It's not something new, but it's something that we already know. And it's something that we need to do, maybe even this afternoon, maybe tomorrow, this week, something we need to change. It doesn't need to be a, a massive thing, like selling all your possessions and going across overseas and doing missionary. Maybe it's that, but maybe it's just something simple. Maybe it's just a simple idea that you know that you should be doing or you know you should have already done. I want us to stand and I want us to just have a moment of surrender and prayer around this idea. And if this morning you know already there's something that, that God's calling me to do, there's something I already know that I'm not doing that like I should be, I just want you to just put your hands out where you are, close your eyes, just in a moment of surrender and just ask God for, 
for his power, for his uh, spirit to be at work in you so that you could take the step of faith. Lord God, we are we're here before you this morning and God, we know that there's so much that you've already told us. There's so much in your word that we already know. And God, I pray that you would help us to be people that hear your word and are quick to obey. That we don't delay in what we hear. I mean, we don't delay in what we do. But God, we are full of faith, trusting your spirit to work in us and through us as we put these things into action. God, I pray that you would help us this week to to align the confession of our, our heart and our lips to your word. That God, as we dwell on your word and as we speak out your word, God, that our ears would hear that and our faith would grow. God, as we confess your word, others would hear that and faith would grow. So God, we just take a moment just to sit in your presence and even during this next song, just to to hear from you. And to say, God, you can do whatever you want to do. You can say whatever you want to say, Lord. Our hearts are open to you. Our life is open to you. We are in surrender to you. Lord God, we don't want to be a church that just knows more and hears more, but we want to be a church that lives it out, that takes steps of faith, that sees your spirit at work. So Lord, we just surrender to you now. We ask that you would have your way. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus.